Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I speak with future saints about being saints. Today's episode is titled Overcoming Addiction. I have with me Bridget Handy. Bridget, thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited, Brendan. It's exciting. So I will firstly start by introducing our sponsors. They are the same sponsors as always. This is Good Catholic, which is a digital media channel offering digital series based around the faith. If you're looking to grow in your faith, to learn more, I invite you to check out Good Catholic. You can use code GBS, that's GBS, like gotta be saints, for 20% off any order. Check it out at goodcatholic.com. If you're looking for our most recent series, it's on the Bible. So check it out at goodcatholic.com. I also want to plug our other sponsor, which is the Catholic Company. They are a one-stop shop for all your needs, from Bibles to rosaries to clothing. They've got it all. Go to the Catholic Company and use code GBS for 20% off any order. That's 20% off any order. You're not going to find a better code out there. Use it. And get that gift for your mom or your dad. If you need a book for this Lent, it's a great place to go. That's code GBS for 20% off. But now on to today's episode. We're talking about overcoming addiction. I'm really excited for this opportunity to talk with you, Bridget. I will share your bio that you sent me. Um, This is a great little bio. I appreciate it for its shortness and um, really kind of explaining the important things that are who you are, as opposed to telling me where you went to school, where you're from, all of that stuff. So her name is Bridget. She just moved to San Diego with her dogs, Marcus and Big Mike, to write an anchor for a TV news company, which company I don't know. That was not a part of it. Her current guilty pleasures are Theo Von Reels, Yellowstone, Sunsets at the Cliffs, and Cozy Adoration Chapels, period. And Halo Top ice cream. So we've already we've already started uh, before we started recording. I already ripped on Halo Top ice cream. It's fine. It's just not as good as Yasso bars. So that's for another day. I won't sit here and do a whole episode on Yasso bars because I probably could do that, and I don't think anyone would listen. But <laughs> we're here to talk about addiction, um, Bridget. I want to let you also just introduce yourself. If there's anything that that bio missed. Um, maybe it's just telling us what the uh, TV news company is. <laughs> you pretty much covered it all. Yeah, I'm a simple girl. Um, it's called One American News, actually. So okay. they're, they're a cable channel, or they were, um, and they were pretty down the middle. They prided themselves in being very objective news telling. And then they started following Trump in 2016, which kind of launched them into a different field of coverage. And then they ended up getting dropped by most of the cable companies that um, had them on. So now it's primarily an app, kind of like the Daily Wire, where you pay for a subscription. Um, and now that we've been dropped, we're less less objective. <laughs> I mean, we are objective. We're telling the truth, but we're less down the middle. So, yeah, tune in. So what you're saying is people can pay for this app and they can they can hear from you all the time. On Saturdays. Saturday okay. Night. Yeah. 
So we'll, we'll plug that in the uh, show notes so that people, if they want to follow you, they can check you out on that app. Okay. Sounds good. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> no, no, it's not a bad thing. And don't worry, I don't have many listeners. So that means maybe like three or four people will uh, will pick this up and, and go find you. It'll be um, <laughs> Yeah, there, there it is. Well, my, I don't think my mom listens to this, so... She's probably too busy watching random YouTube videos that her friends sent her. But mom, if you happen to be listening to this, now you know. You can go find more about Bridget through this app. So, um, but but as I said, we're we're here to talk about addiction. And this is in my mind a little crazy. We I've now done over a hundred episodes, and I haven't hit on this topic, even in a in a general sense. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about your story. Um, but all that being said, this is something that's so important. So I'm just, I'm just excited to, to talk about it. And, um, you mentioned to me before, you know, that you were reading the questions and you're like, these are good questions. I was writing them and I was also like, Oh, this could really get at the heart. Now, of course, I, I think when you've been, when you have an addictive personality, when you've struggled with addiction, it's easier to to relate to these things. But I, I hope today's topic is helpful for people who also struggle with addiction, but also trying to understand people with addictive personalities. Because mm-hmm. I've seen it in my own life, I have an addictive personality, and so I can kind of relate. But I also know people who don't get it because they just are blessed and fortunate to not have to deal with that. And so when somebody around them that they love is struggling in this way, they usually can't relate. There's no empathy. And it's such a bummer because maybe that's understating it, but it's just so necessary. So I'm hoping today, you know, this provides you a medium to share your story a little bit, um, but also that the people listening at home gain something from it, both if you're struggling, but also if you know someone who's struggling or you're just trying to understand. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I should mention to the people at home, you know, how we got to this point. Um, Bridget's been very open on her personal social channels just about her story. And so I've read that over time and I saw it recently. She made a post and it just kind of inspired me to to reach out to her. And turns out that she was just thinking she wanted to share her story in different ways as well. So God knows what he's doing. He's brought us here uh, for a reason. So I kind of want to just give you the floor, Bridget. I've done a lot of talking already, um, but just share your story and you can kind of go for as long as you want. You can t- begin, you know, in any way you want, and then just kind of where things began to shift and uh, all of that. Well, good lead, dude. You're good at this. That's why that's why you do what you do. Yeah, I get, I get paid the big bucks, you know. <laughs> I think I've made about $1,000 off of Gotta Be Saints since the start. So it's a, it's a moneymaker. But thank you. Maybe someday. <laughs> it's touched a lot of lives. So that's that's worth more than the money, I'm sure. But Yes, it is. Um, it's interesting you mentioned kind of how, how I was sharing on my personal channel. And the reason I was doing that initially... First of all, I'm going to start by saying when I stopped drinking, I did not know I was an alcoholic. I just knew I had a problem. Um, And I knew that I felt pretty hopeless with that issue. So my first post was less than 10 days into sobriety. And, 
yeah, it was not with much found freedom. I was still very much in withdrawals, but I have always felt that social media is, is a somewhat abused tool and like anything, it can be used for good. And I have found, especially in the kind of Catholic Christian influencing world, um, there's an underrepresentation of struggle. And we, you know, we talk a lot about God's goodness and there's a lot of fluff and then there's a lot of highlight reel, but people are, are less inclined to um, be honest about what they're struggling with. And I don't, you know, I think you have to be careful with that obviously. And we're not meant to just dump on everyone, but I right away felt, and I prayed on it too, which is, I usually am very impetuous and I, I kind of took my time and thought, is this about me or is this something I feel would be helpful? Um, and the feedback I got on that first post, I mean, people are so sweet and there was a lot of encouragement, but there was a lot of, of resonation. I think a lot of people resonating with, yeah, this is a tough journey home and addiction is real and just compulsion to numb the suffering of life is real. And within the Catholic church, I think they're, we're getting better at talking about those things, but there definitely is just room to really talk about, I would say addiction in particular, because there's something beyond um, self-control when we talk about addiction. And I, I think that's a, a misunderstanding that's often um, overlooked that addiction sometimes is genetic. Sometimes it's, there's a chemical component, especially with alcoholism. Um, but the reason you get addicted is because your brain is doing something when you, when you lean on whatever that is. And it can be porn, sex, food, um, definitely alcohol, <laughs> drugs. Um, and it, it keeps us, and I think Satan knows this, it keeps us from freedom. It keeps us from working through those things that are keeping us from becoming who God made us to be and being free to be those people. So that's kind of the overview of why I began to share um, about it. But it was December, 2021. Um, I didn't really drink in college because I was an RA and I went to a pretty strict school. And so the, the enjoyment of alcohol and its use as a tool to um, treat depression and to kind of quiet my brain, all these things that it really worked for, for a long time. It didn't really start until post-grad, um, which is different from a lot of people's experiences. So it really wasn't until like 22, I would say 22 to like 26, about a four-year period where it became increasingly um, destructive in my life. So December, 2021, there were a series of unfortunate events that though not entirely my fault. And in some cases, other people were involved. Um, I put myself in those positions by deliberately abusing alcohol. Um, and yeah, to the point of blackout in most of those circumstances. And so there was fun Bridget that liked to drink socially. And then there were, and even then I would often get out of control. Um, but there was, there was a darker side to it. Sometimes alone, sometimes with people where there was a, a conscious choice at some point in a day where I knew, yeah, I wanted to get blitzed and it was usually to run away from feelings <laughs> that I was going through. So that's, that's kind of what brought us to um, December of 2021. And I went home for Christmas and I got, kind of blew up. I had a fight and I actually was not tipsy at the time, but my family had no way of knowing what was drunk Bridget and what was just irrational, angry Bridget. And so my mom took our glasses of wine and she, dumped them down the drain. She said, I'm going to do us both a favor. Just dumped them. And, um, 
those early days of not drinking were really more because I just felt disrespectful pouring myself anything in her home after acting the way I had. And then I had a Zoom call with a priest friend and we had planned to talk about antidepressants, actually. And we talked about them for like maybe 10 minutes. And then the rest of the call was about alcoholism (laughs) and growing up, really. He just was talking about maturity and becoming who we're meant to be. And, you know, I want to be a wife. I want to be a mom. And he was like, Bridget, if you want to be a good wife and you want to be a good mom and you want to marry a good man, this, this needs to go. Um, And it was so beautiful. There was nothing condemning about it, but it was very much like, Hey, buck up. Like this is a component necessary for the freedom and the life that you want to have. So I look back on that call all the time and I'm so, so, so grateful for that priest and the way that God used him because I did not plan on quitting. And even then, so even after this call, it was the plan was to to quit for a year or until I got engaged. I felt God was definitely calling me to discern marriage sober, which is hilarious because now that I know I'm an alcoholic, it's like if I had done that and then started drinking again after I got <laughs> Whoever that poor guy is would have been like, um, yeah, I don't think this is happening. <laughs> um, but it's funny the way the brain works. So as of June, so six months of white knuckling sobriety, no idea really about the power of the 12 step program or any of that. I had a friend, a fellow addict who said in June, he said, Bridget, you're still like obsessed with drinking and you talk about it all the time. And I mean, I really was mourning alcohol. Um, I mean, my poor close circle was probably like, Oh my gosh, this goes crazy. But (laughs) I really was, I was nuts and I was crabby. I was so upset and angry about losing (laughs) my friend alcohol. But he, my, my friend who said, you know, you, who had the honesty and the, really it's a vulnerable thing, especially to tell an angry person like, Hey, you might have a problem. And so I really commend him and really everyone who was honest with me about this issue that they saw I was struggling with. And so he was the one who through his own experiences introduced me to the 12 step program. And I want to plug the 12 step program because they have this program. It started as Alcoholics Anonymous and they have developed a version for pretty much any addiction under the sun. So if you're listening and you know, you're an addict or you just know that you're powerless over whatever, fill in the blank. And there's pretty much addiction to anything, but they have programs for sex addicts. They have programs for drug addicts, alcoholics, um, the children of alcoholics. Like, And this program is incredible. It's spiritual. You don't even have to believe in God, but many people who work the program end up finding God, which is amazing. But do you want to go into the program? What do you? <laughs> no, yeah, please. I mean, go Just ahead. <laughs> no, you're um, good. What's fascinating about the program is it's it actually is not about the substance itself or the addiction itself. It is a spiritual program based on taking radical responsibility where necessary for your behavior in your life and then surrendering the rest to a higher power. And we know that's God. And the more I've learned about the program, the more I believe it was inspired by the Holy Spirit because it's so consistent with Catholicism. Um, One of the steps is even like after you've done an, an intense honest moral inventory of basically all your failings, which I haven't gotten to yet. And I'm kind of dreading it. But once you've worked through it, you come clean to a person another individual. Um, 
which is incredible. I mean, that's confession, right? That that's yeah, exactly. it sounds like a general confession in those things. I haven't done yes. one since since I think high school, and I hated every minute of it then. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's rough. But what freedom? Because in the the program will say like the only people that this doesn't work for are people who are basically ill or those who are incapable of being honest with themselves, um, which I think is so cool. And it, it kind of goes into self-knowledge, which addiction and Satan knows this. And I think he, he loves addiction. And I think he loves that people don't really, at least in the Catholic world, we don't really, um, it's kind of still a, like under the covers topic. Um, and even at like big conferences, like there'll be little breakout groups that will talk about it. And that's great. And it, they've changed people's lives, but we need to be like screaming from the rooftops, like addiction is real and freedom from addiction, more importantly, is possible. Um, because that's how, that's how Satan's keep keeping us from sanctity. Amen. Yeah. I think you're, you're spot on. And I mean, I think you and I can probably both say we've seen it one in our own lives of just like it's it's effect but also seen it through other people you know who it's affected and does affect and you know i've got countless stories of myself and others you know where i'm like watching the battle rage on and you know i i notice the little things that keep people trapped or in in a more broad sense like i look at the church as a whole you know, for both you and I, we're Catholic, we love our faith, but we've seen good men and women like have their sins revealed and they come to the light and they're just horrifying. And I usually like, of course, I pause and I, I pray for the people themselves. I pray for those affected. But I also just wonder how much of this was just because they never allowed it to come to the light. You know, it's like because you were so afraid of how we'll be seen when it's in its infant stage. We can't even, we, of course, you know, you never process what it becomes when it's at its absolute worst. But I just think of like these priests who end up becoming child molesters or, um, you know, or, or unfaithful to their vocation in a, in a certain sense. And have just done atrocious things. And also religious as well. And, you know, just people connected to the church or that youth minister who's got child pornography on their computer, you know, and I, I look at all those things and I'm just like, they just had no one that they thought they could share this with, you know, they were caught in this and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And so that's why, you know, even reading your posts a year ago, when you posted that first time, you know, I, I think I remember seeing that and just being like, this is great. And like you said, you didn't even know that you had, you, you were an alcoholic. You just thought, you know, I had, I need to shape up and mm-hmm. I'm going to post about it and I'm going to, you know, give it up for a while. And, and yet, of course, through that, you know, you came to realize a little bit more about yourself and your friend helped you get there. Um, but there's that direct ask for accountability, you know, by through that post. Cause if you post that and a week later, you're back on the bottle you know, like you would have felt like crap. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you couldn't turn back to the bottle. It just means that, you know, you were 
asking for help, you know, from your, your support group in a real way. And then of course you learned more about yourself over the last, you know, year. And, and so, cause what it's been now over a year, right. At, after your, your post, right. December. Technically. So I thought I didn't, <laughs> I'll be honest. And I almost made a post about this. And my sister was like, Bridget, don't, because, because the world knows I was like, do I make this post? I went on a weed bender in May in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time I've ever done weed and probably never again. But technically, that actually broke sobriety, which I didn't realize. But All right. Well, I'm going to count it for alcohol. <laughs> You're fine. And we're not going to count your weed bender in May. Well, also, apparently, if you have six O'Douls, O'Douls are like almost alcohol free. But if you have six, it equals one Bud Light. And I've definitely done... Which that's also so sad. Again, I'm I'm not going to count that here. Here's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But you, I mean, in the end, the the person that it's important to is you. So if 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 for you those things break it, but the way I look at it, it sounds like you've done really well, and 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 also oh, I <laughs> I think it's also you know we love as especially people who are in, you know, have addictive personalities. We love like little triumphs. We love little streaks. Like the amount of times I've talked to friends or myself where, you know, it's, it's connected to pornography or masturbation. And it's like, okay, I went seven days or I went seven months, you know, type of thing. The reality is, you know, for most of those people, there's something in there that was not perfect. You know, if it's, and yet it's like, it's more, to me, it's more about what's at the heart of it. Like, are you, are you fighting that sin? And also I think there's value too in being able to, the longer you have claimed freedom, even the more likely you are to keep going. Right. So if, if the streak's longer, it really does psychologically affect you to the point where you're like, no, I need to keep going. Right. So yeah, sure. Maybe you had a, somewhat of a slip up here but saying a year actually psychologically is more helpful than being like well it's been two weeks because you know i had six o'duels or <laughs> well i didn't look at porn but i was on instagram and i scrolled through one too many photos of some woman or some man you know type of thing right. anyway this is completely aside i think we That's can a good point though i like that point it's true and you know what it was actually kind of helpful thinking I might've broken it at first because you can really get in your head about the numbers. I do anyway, like I'm very choleric. So it's like, okay, let's get the steps down. Let's get like, let's get the benefits of this. If there's work to be done, let's do it. And I was being a little bit, um, this is a lifelong process, right? Like the steps are Mm -hmm. forever. And so it's both forever and one day at a time. And so, and they'll say that like you're sober 24 hours and like, that's all you're, that's all you're trying to do is get through this day. And so, you're right. But it is, and that's virtue and that's habit is to have kind of that consistency in those days under your belt and to grow in the confidence of developing those habits and that virtue and really that holiness. Um, and that's with anything that you are able to consistently do good and avoid, avoid harm in. We'll be right back. Interested in learning more about your faith? I invite you to check out Good Catholic. They are a digital media brand focused on sharing 
and teaching about the faith. From podcasts to blogs to digital series, Good Catholic has it all. Use the code in the show notes to get 20% off your order at Good Catholic. Yeah, well, and I think, too, one of the things that spoke to me as you were sharing is you kind of said that you were for six months kind of going white knuckled, which I, I, I one, I'm, I'm impressed by that because, you know, anyone who struggled with addiction, they can say, like, that does not come easy to be able to basically cold turkey with no real support outside of your own willpower, be able to say, I'm going to go without this. Now, I'm sure there were other things that were coupling together. You know, guilt is actually a really strong tool. Um, Shame, you know, can be a strong tool. Mm -hmm. Grace is, of course, the strongest of tool. But at the the same time, sometimes grace in that is not even at the forefront because it's the it's the pride that can rule us. You know, I feel like it probably came and you can speak to this, that at some point it was more the humility that made it easier. The admitting that this wasn't something that you were just doing for the sake of willpower, but you were doing because you needed to do, you know, especially as you connect it to your desire for marriage and your desire for finding a spouse, what is more important than coming to them as your best self and finding healing for the other things that, you know, have been, have been struggles. And, and so too, that, probably that humility, I'm sure, motivated you in a new way to seek healing and to pursue this in a way that you probably weren't even connecting to before all of this. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I wish you were right. <laughs> I mean, I think there's an element of that for sure, especially in the beginning, like recognizing, oh, yikes, I have a problem. And psychology will tell you, like, you don't really pick your partner. I mean, you do, but you attract and are attracted to what you bring to the table. And in December, 2021, that was a rough. Yeah, that was not, that was not the kind of husband I wanted, at least what I brought to the table. So there was an element of like, okay, I got to get to work and I got to grow up. And that, that zoom call I told you about with this priest, he said, you know, at the end of the day, like we all have that inner child and, you know, I have some childhood trauma and some abuse and most of us do. And he said that child needs to be tended to but if you if you let her she will run your life into the ground like you adult bridget needs to grow up and address that child bring her with you but if you let her run your life into the ground she will and i was like wow that's so compelling because that's really what sin is addiction is it's like there's this a, a broken kid acting out and if you ask any addict like when you're in the throes of of acting out you almost are beside yourself And that's why getting help for addiction and not going at it alone is huge because there's an element of um, compulsion that in those moments, like ask, ask a sex addict, like when they go and just like sleep with someone there, they have made a decision that they really didn't um, like in full consciousness want to make. And same with the times that I would black out most of the time. It was like the next day I'd be like, what the heck was I, what was going on in my mind? Um, but I digress a little. The six months of white knuckling, it's so interesting. And they have a whole chapter in the big book dedicated to this, dedicated to basically all the excuses a person will make to talk themselves out of being an alcoholic. 
Mm. No one wants to admit that they are powerless over anything. And you yeah. really don't want to admit that you're powerless over the thing that you love and that you use and abuse um, and then are addicted to. So that was me for a long time. And I would go to meetings and I didn't go to a lot of them in those first six months, but I would go to meetings and I'd be like, these people are weak. Like I was so prideful, Brendan, like it's, and I'm very bullheaded and strong-willed and it's good in a lot of ways, but yeah, I was absolutely just like, they can't do it. And I was miserable. Like my poor family, I was a mean. And I remember one time my sister being like, you know what? Like it was scary when you drank and we all worried about you, but you were, you were easier to be around. <laughs> and that was, <laughs> I was angry. I was so, cause yeah, you can't just get rid of something that, that you love that was actually in some ways working to do what you were using it for without filling, filling that, that void. And I definitely was not doing that. And so I, I'm so grateful for that friend and really for all the people who were with me those, those early days, because it was rough and I, I had to be shown like, no, you need to maybe admit a, a greater powerlessness and a, maybe a lifelong powerlessness so that you can find the freedom um, promised. And when I was able to admit to myself, like, you know, I'm, I'm an alcoholic, the relief I felt that the promises of the 12 steps would apply to me was massive. Like there's a little bit of sadness because I love, I love to drink. <laughs> um, but I, I can relate. I, I love <laughs> I love drinking. <laughs> so I get it. It's so great. There's many people listening. Drinking's great. That'll be the next podcast episode. It'll be Bridget won't be on. <laughs> I won't be on. Well, I'll listen. <laughs> I'll listen and cry. No, I talk to God all the time. Because uh, September, the same priest he said, Bridget, make a list of all the things that have come from from quitting and then make a list of what you would benefit or like what would come if you drank again. And so I was like, Oh, easy. Like this list of like, I just was so in my head about how great it was going to be to drink again. I make the list of the good things, the fruits that have come from sobriety and it's to the bottom of the page. And then I make a list of what's going to happen if I drink again, and it's three things. And only one of them was positive and it was pleasure. And the other two were anxiety and just like possible relapse. And I just thought, okay. So I told God at that point, like there better be wine in heaven because I am, <laughs> I really want to get You're ready there. once you get there. <laughs> yeah. Cana wine. That's what I call it. Like, let's have some cana wine, man. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'm going to pause us here. This will be, I think, a great stopping point for episode one. I think you did a great job sharing your story. We kind of got to chat a little bit. Um, just about, well, a lot of it, but I think we've got a lot of questions that I think we can get into. So I think we'll save that for episode two. I want to give you a chance. Do you have any final thoughts for, for this part one, um, that you think could be mentioned or should be mentioned before we, we dive into to questions for part two? Yes. So Catholic, Christian, whatever, blue, green, if you are even like sort of listening, thinking I, this might apply to me, like I might have. I might have something that I don't have full control over, which we don't have control over anything really. But if you think that addiction might apply to you or you know that it does, I just cannot encourage you enough to, to come go to someone about it, a trusted mentor, a, a priest friend, a friend, friend, a spouse, because like you said, Brendan, like once these things are brought to the light instantaneously, even before you've done any of the work of overcoming that addiction, 
Satan has lost his stronghold. Like he has lost, he's losing. It's a losing battle. The, the moment that that struggle is brought to the light. And I think the biggest thing he does is keep people from, from coming clean. And Jordan Peterson talks about this. He'll say like, the longer you go in failing to address an issue, the more catastrophic the fallout and the more work you have to do to, you know, really do damage control and overcome the fallout and the destruction of that addiction. And lives are ruined. Vocations are ruined. Marriages are ruined. Religious vocations are ruined because an individual has remained in the shame alone and failed to bring the issue and the addiction to the light. So bring it to the light. That's what I would say. Yeah. Amen. Well, I I always think of the like imagery in my head and maybe this is just because I'm a guy. But I think of the imagery of like a spouse, a woman walking down the stairs and finding their husband like in the corner on their computer, looking at who knows what that they're not supposed to be. And because I've done a couple of podcast episodes on pornography, and I think, you know, that's that's the image I have. And I always think how much better would it have been to instead of being caught at 3 a.m. to be in bed with your spouse crying about the struggle at 3 a.m., you know, admitting that this is something you need help with. And so too, with, with any addiction, this is the reality of like the strength that it shows for the person to come out and be like, I have a problem. I need help. And, and also to understand, like, you don't, we don't pick and choose the battles that we face in in a certain sense, of course, like with addiction, there's, there's certainly parts of it that we can look and say, it's part of our upbringing, you know, how we've done things, no doubt. But like you said, there's also the psychological aspects of like part of it might be genetics. You know, like I know I look at it in my own family. I know my mom has an addictive personality. And I mean, I can talk about this more in episode two, but I I, I like have always seen myself in her. And so I understand that like I'm more susceptible to that type of, you know, attitude or response to things than some of my other siblings. And that's just part of what I get to face in this life. And yet my ability, your ability to speak about it openly, candidly, honestly, makes it a lot easier for you and me to both deal with those things in our lives and also the people who we encounter every day. You know, we're better able to be the best versions of ourselves through that. And so, too, I think anyone who's listening at home, you know, like I cannot and you cannot, I'm sure, you know, understate the power of sharing those things with the people you love. And and unless they're dealing with stuff on their end as well, you know, that is is constricting them from forgiveness and understanding, they will understand. It might take some time. You know, it's not it's not every person is not just open arm hugging you and wanting to help. But at the same time, um, I think with with honesty, that will come, especially if they find healing in their own life. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Your example made me cry. That's so beautiful. Like the the vulnerability and the honesty of like going to your spouse or going to whoever it is and just admitting weakness and then getting help for it. And it's yeah, honesty is always, always, always the best policy. I have never in my life found anything to be contrary to that it's just so no nope. yeah especially with overcoming sin especially with virtue it's just like you got to come clean and oh and i love that you guys talk about porn on here a lot because i 
and this maybe is a conversation for another day, but I, I mean, it's touched my life personally and just relationships. Um, it's so destructive. And I look around and I'm like, wow, I think the divorce rates and the, the suicide rates. And just like, if you look at the state of affairs in this country today, I would blame a pornographic culture for a huge chunk of the struggles we're facing. Yep. I, I totally agree. Well, we can, we can pick up that up on that a little bit more in episode two, because I think it definitely goes with what we're, we're talking about here with addiction, but thank you for anyone who listened at home. Uh, Make sure you read the show notes if you want to follow Bridget and the work that she's doing. Um, Also, if you like today's podcast, give it a five-star review on Apple or Spotify and make sure to check out our sponsors. That's Good Catholic and the Catholic Company. Use code GBS for 20% off. That's code GBS for 20% off. Thanks again and God bless. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe and check out goodcatholic.com for more details.